Welcome to the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer's Sermon Podcast. The readings appointed for this sermon are from 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 5-12, through 12, Paul's letter to the Romans chapter 8, verse 26-39, through 39, the Gospel according to Matthew chapter 13, verse 31-33, through 33, and 44-52, through 52, and Psalm 119, verse 129-136. through 136. Open our minds, warm our hearts, but also bend our wills, for we seek to hear your word. Amen. Amen. I looked around the world this week, and it seems that a lot of people are nostalgic for the 1990s. So... I wondered if I might take you there. My friend Amanda and I were inseparable. We met in the second grade and shared all things in common. We liked the same music. We played on the same sports teams. We liked the same fit of Umbro shorts. We loved Lisa Frank stickers and the occasional Polly Pocket, but we wouldn't be caught dead playing with Barbie unless it was to see how long it took her to fly from the ceiling blade fans into the pyramid of stuffed animals that we had built. We did everything together. If Amanda was riding bikes, I was riding bikes. If Amanda was making up dance routines on the trampoline, I was doing backflips. If she was playing softball, I was in left field. We were completely and totally inseparable. And this went on for years. It's hard to look back at my adolescence and not see her. She's a part of many childhood memories. Her parents parented me. Her big brother looked after me. And her Catholic priest gave me communion when I went to church with them. We were attached at the hip, constantly connected, always together. But as we grew up, life got harder. We both gained an uncomfortable gaze of critical self-awareness. Judgment creeped in. Boys were now a part of the picture and AP English was rife with existential contemplation of life and love. For the first time, we were having to contend with all of the tough stuff that before only the adults had to deal with. We were thick as thieves, though. In fact, we once stole a bottle of her mom's vodka, and I puked it up in the utility sink where we used to rinse out our paintbrushes and float origami little paper boats. 
We were passionate people. And we fought occasionally, like sisters. But we were the best of friends. And nothing could tear us apart. Until it did. I still remember her crying and shaking in my arms when she told me that life was just too hard and she couldn't do it anymore, that she wasn't going to live and that she planned to hurt herself. Don't tell anyone. Don't tell anyone. Promise? Uh, I promise, I said. But I wasn't prepared to make that kind of promise. The thought of losing her was so unbearable that within just a few days, I was face to face with her parents, telling them that their little girl needed help beyond what I could give. She would never speak to me again. If we saw each other in the hall at school, she walked the other way. If we happened to show up at the same party, she was distant and detached, avoiding me at all costs. Even a decade later, when we saw each other at the wedding of an old friend, she refused to speak to me even about the old times we'd had as good friends. Separation, as it turns out, is one of the greatest griefs that we can experience as human people. And it doesn't just happen in death. It happens in our real everyday lives. As humans, we are constantly making choices that require separation. We cannot have everything, so we are forced to choose. We cannot do everything, and so when we do anything, we must decide not to do something else. The French philosopher Paul Ricoeur once wrote, ah, oh, if only I could grasp and embrace everything. And how cruel it is to choose and to exclude. And of course, sometimes life chooses for us. No one would choose to grow up and become an adult, and yet, here we are. No one would choose to have their children leave home, and yet, there they go. At the very heart of what it means to be human is the inevitable separation from the things and people that we love most in this world. Life is hard. 
distress and hunger and suffering and being laid bare in all of our weakness, these are all a part of the human experience. Suffering is for us a predestined condition. And the Apostle Paul knew this all too well. He himself enacted unimaginable suffering on some of the first followers of Jesus Christ. He stood there and watched as Stephen was stoned to death for proclaiming Jesus as the son of the living God. The Apostle Paul condemned many others to that same fate, and he made it his life's work to imprison and kill anyone outside of his understanding of the law. Paul made himself separate from Jesus and his followers in how he spoke, in what he believed, and in the choices he made. And this separation caused a great deal of suffering. But sometimes God chooses for us. And God interceded in the life of Paul to help him realize that he was suffering too. Before his conversion, St. Paul never acknowledged how his persecution of others was creating suffering in his soul too. That separation was not the way of God, but the way of suffering. And all these years later, as the pain and anger faded into a distant memory from Paul, he writes to the church in Rome. Nothing, nothing can separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus. I know, I've been there. None of what you might experience in this life will be able to take you away from the one who knows you so well that with even just a sigh, God can feel all that you feel and think all that you think and know all that you desire. God is as close to you as breathing and nothing, nothing can change that. When this church called me to serve among you, my husband Chris and I came out for a visit to meet some of the leaders of the church. Last week, Phil shared a similar story when they asked him if, if he moved here, would he root for the Reds if he came to live here in Cincinnati? And knowing that I grew up in St. Louis, they asked me the same question. To which I responded, 
I will certainly be wearing red to all baseball games. <laughs> and on the way home from that visit, in the Cincinnati airport, across the way, I saw a familiar face. At first, I wasn't sure. It had been so many years, and we were much older, and she'd changed her hair, but I looked again, and sure enough, there was my childhood friend, Amanda. I looked away, trying to avoid eye contact as I sorted out the flood of feelings rushing through my belly. Chris, I nudged my husband. Amanda is over there. You see her? Who? He doesn't know this lady. Remember my friend I told you about from high school? We grew up together. I lost her. He said, go and talk to her. Go and talk to her. What do you have to lose? The look of shock on her face when I approached with my Dunkin' Donuts coffee cup in hand said it all. In all the places, in all the worlds, at all the times, she never thought she'd see me there. And I never thought I would see her there. We exchanged pleasantries for a moment caught each other up on big life changes, spouses, children, careers. A lot had happened. We asked about each other's families. How's your mom doing? And in an awkward silence, the woman at the desk announced that it was time to board the plane. I thought of her for the whole flight. I prayed that even if she wasn't in my life, that she was happy and well and knew that God loved her. I knew we wouldn't be friends again, but just that polite exchange, it felt like healing. Gratitude is a word I'd give to God for that moment. I fell asleep on the plane and woke up as we were landing. Chris and I got off the plane and made our way to Carousel 4 as I heard a voice from behind me calling out my name. She came running toward me. And with tears on our, in our eyes, we fell to the floor in an embrace I can only categorize as unimaginable. Glory is a word I would give to God for that moment. You see, this life has all kinds of ways of separating us. We each suffer in our own ways, on the outside and on the inside. But nothing Nothing can separate you from the love of God 
in Christ Jesus. When all hope seems lost, God is there. And when you rejoice at being known, God is there also. Because there is nowhere you can go where God is not. In this sermon series from Romans, I've found a lot to disagree with Paul on. But I share with him in saying that I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.